0: Whatever you do with your body will teach your psyche, will teach your emotions different ways of being present, different ways of being you. So a lot of times when we're not really al- alchemizing and transforming, a lot of times when we do this somatic practices, when we go in and try to find the shadow and do this work, we can get stuck again.
1: Hey guys welcome to our soul fam podcast where i interview space holders healers coaches from all over the world i am your host my name is carolina and i am the connection catalyst today on the show we have anna the embodiment coach welcome to the show anna how
0: are you doing hey carolina thank you so much i'm doing great i'm very happy to to connect with you again I'm very excited for this
1: me too. I'm super super excited and super curious about your uh, embodiment methods because I just mm-hmm. I love dancing and everything with the body and how you can uh, work through even emotions sometimes with your body and with your movement and with breathing and so I'm just super curious about your journey and how you became an embodiment coach and why you chose it and what kind of, Yeah, what kind of path brought you to be an embodiment coach specifically?
0: Perfect. Yes, that's exactly it. I feel like you can work, especially emotions, through your body. Just anything. The body is the container of experience. So the way I like to perceive it is, it's where the alchemist will do its magic. You know? so everything is happening in this human experience inside the body. Everything, unless you're having an out of body experience, you will feel it in your body. Emotions, thoughts. You can trace anything back. From your body into your inner world, so you can work with emotions, you can work with higher levels of experiencing, you can work with all sorts of different aspects of your being. So starting from the body, just using the body as a starting point, it is you know the connection between the outer world and the inner world is the 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 doorway between these worlds, and if something from the outside, I'm not allowing to go in it will get stuck in the body if there's something from the inside that i'm not allowing to express it will get stuck in the body and that's when we have um that's where we get even injury not only just uh, chronic like uh, chronological diseases or like but also injury and a lot of different manifestations in the body they come from not allowing this natural flow of my inner world and my outer world just being um inco- incoherence you know So Mm -hmm. that's my vision of of why the body is so important. And also a lot of times I get, you know, people just coming knowing what the pattern that they want to change is, but knowing is not enough. You actually have to change it. And the body allows you to actually do that. It allows you to have an embodied experience. Your body is always letting you know what it's like to be you in this particular moment in your life. So you can alter how it is, that it, your human experience is going by altering your body in the way that you're moving. So yeah, that's kind of like my vision and how I got into this path was very beautiful. I feel like it's just always been a natural way for me to connect to myself and do the internal alchemy. I remember just being a kid and just, you know, hiding. Cause for me it was so personal to move. I remember I would just like hide uh, in my room and move alone. And I remember I was, um, born. Um, it was not a Christian family, but that's just kind of like the framework that was there. So for me, praying was just like Jesus. So I remember just feeling my spine and thinking about Jesus and that for me was prayer, you know, so it just came really natural. I was just like stealing candles and doing all these things and just moving around and noticing how it felt. You know, my, my focus was always on this experience that I'm having in the body. So I think it was always very natural. And then, um, as that exploration became more and more profound, Um, I realized that it's not as natural for everyone. And I realized, wow, I wish I could share with the world, um, this possibility that we have as humans to connect to ourselves through our, our body and our movement. And the first, um, um, input I had in that was uh, yoga. That was my first initiation, I would say, where I was actually starting to share this with others. And then very particular experience happened in life where I was going through a um, very hard situation. I lost my younger sister and it was a very profound event that made me realize, wow, I thought I had felt, you know, sadness, anger, and all these things, but I really hadn't. So I was just amazed mm-hmm. about you know, how much we are able to feel and just my body reactions. And I started to be more and more interested in trauma and how people connect to their bodies in that sense. Um, and so that was one of the lines I was interested in. And the other line was also work with, working with women because I realized going through this um, morning process with my sister, my cycles got very intense um, just psychically and emotionally just all of the archetypes Mm -hmm. within the feminine cycle began to just be very radical. So I was feeling all these radical shifts four times a month. I was going, I was becoming a different woman. I was holding four different women in my body. So I was like, Whoa. So I started um, studying the archetypes a lot better, um, and deeper and started my work just, um, as an embodiment coach with women and just, embodying the different archetypes and then it just kept going from there I kept studying and I took a bunch of different coaching programs of uh, you know a year long two weeks long and I just started nurturing and just learning somatic techniques and um, exploring different movement systems in dance martial arts just as much as I could to just really observe how we can give the body different experiences so that we can have the experience of being present on planet earth from different internal points of view. So that's been Mm -hmm. kind of my journey and my exploration. Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. That's a really profound story uh, that I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because usually we are really awake when something bad happens in our life. And it's such a massive lesson for us to go into this this depth of emotions. Mm -hmm. And I was you know, I, I completely understand, like, what you were saying about like feeling the depth of the feelings that you've never felt before because I've gone through a breakup like a few, I mean I'm still going through it but a few months ago I broke up with the person that I thought is going to be my partner for life and the grief and the abandonment and everything that was in me I was like wow this is triggering the deepest wounds in me but these emotions were in me, they were there just waiting to be released and this happened for me to actually go into the full depth and now grief and feel the loss and feel the sadness and feel all these things and now you know fast forward a few months after I went through a lot of childhood traumas and healing it I feel so much more empowered and so much more full of energy and just so much more healed really so it was a blessing in disguise in a way and all these like really negative situations let's say in our life are there for a reason maybe you know maybe there was uh, this this was happening for the reason so that you can discover yourself on such a deep level and then help others to also go through this and embody this and heal themselves. And it's a, you know, sad thing to, to lose someone But I ultimately really believe that everything happens for a reason. And now here you are helping women, empowering them and, you know, doing the work that you were meant to do in this life. And so that's really, really beautiful where you're at. And so I have a question about what you said. So do you feel like the depth of the feelings was something that made you go through these cycles in a way that you felt all these archetypes way stronger? Or what do you think was the cause that you started like, becoming a different uh, person in these cycles? I
0: thought it was the, I think it's the range of intensity, because we can have, let's say, like range of emotions, like different colors, but then you have the saturation of the colors. How intense do you feel them? And I've always been a very intense person. That's um, one of the things I had to learn to regulate was just um, detaching from the need to have that much of an intensity in the way i was feeling but i've always been like that and then when this happened those emotions got even more intense so it was like the it's the depth of where the the wounds or the feelings come from in terms of you know where are they in your history how how deeply are they rooted into you for example not trusting because that's one of the things mm-hmm. i was working on i lost trust in the universe because everything was supposed to be one way and then it wasn't so how deep is that yep. wound So it is the depth uh, when you go through any shadow aspect, but it's also the intensity of the emotions I was feeling and how you combine this with the women's cycle. Basically, as women, we go through different stages and every stage will um, imply that there's a different body. You feel differently. There's you know, there's um, estrogen in one stage, which makes you really active and really playful and full of energy. And then that winds down and you have progesterone and that has a whole other completely different set of chemicals that trigger your body, a different sensation and things begin to shift and happen. So the experience of being you will shift not just because of the hormones, but also on a mental level, you'll have more clarity. You'll you'll be focusing more on um, connection, and you know you'll have the ability to receive other people, or you will be you know astral traveling and being super intuitive, or you'll be in a place in your mind that is completely silent. And emotionally, it's the same thing. You know, you you there's a stage in the cycle where we go in and we draw out all of those emotions that's, um, typically what we call the premenstrual syndrome. It's not a syndrome. It's just the moment where we go in and we're like, Whoa, this is what's been in there all the time. It's the whining moon. You, it's a descent, no? So what happened to me particularly was this descent was super strong. So once a month I would go into these really deep internal sensations. And I was purging like really deep emotions. And I realized, okay, um, this is a monthly thing, you know, what, what's this all about? And then I started realizing that it had to do with my cycle and the moon and studying and really understanding these waves and embracing them. Not only so that I'm not in a constant um, fight with my own cycle, but so that I can even use these energies in my life. How can I use my intuition the moment that I'm the most intuitive, how can I use my silence and my internal wisdom that connects me to the source? How can I use this bubbly, playful energy? How can I use this grounded mother energy? So it's about really learning how to put those to service and not only about, um, you know, not being in a fight with yourself. There's so much potential in there. So that's what I was feeling.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm, that's beautiful thanks for sharing this is amazing so the four stages uh where the maiden the mother how did it go i already forgot but there are four stages in the cycle right can you tell us a bit about
0: each yeah of course so let's dive into the subject a little bit deeper um yes basically if you want to learn about the feminine cycle? What I would say is, first of all, just tap into the idea of the cyclical nature. Mm-hmm. So just think about everything that's organic in life has pulsation. No, everything is pulsing. Cells are pulsing. Life is pulsing. Energy is pulsing. And there's always this beat and this rhythm to life. No, as our breath, this beat and this rhythm it actually has four four stages. Right? It's an expansion and a contraction. But you have the movement of expanding, you hold that expansion, then it winds down and you hold that moment of silence. And from there you sprout again. So that's in the seasons, that's in the moon, that's in our breath, that's basically in everything. That's human life. You're a baby, you sprout, you're a teenager, then you become uh, an adult and you have a role in your community. Then you become the elder, then you wind down, then you die, basically. So, that's how deep the feminine cycle goes. It connects us to the ideas and the principles of life and death. So that's the first thing I would love to share is just get into the frame of we're talking about the cycle of life and death. We're talking about the cyclical nature in general, that is one of the universal laws, let's say. And so within that frame, if we take, for example, the seasons, because you can take anything, but let's just work with the seasons as an example, you have spring, you have summer, you have autumn, and you have winter. No, So spring would be the first archetype, uh, summer the second, autumn the third, and winter the fourth archetype. And that's inner cycle. So if you think about spring, I want you to think about sprout. I want you to think about a baby just being born and all the way into the flower. And that's the first archetype of the feminine cycle. It's the maiden stage. So it's the stage where we connect to us as individuals. Like what's your individual color as a soul? Why is Carolina doing an interview? Why is she connecting people? Why is she the connection catalyst? No. So that's your own individual particular color. And that will take you all the way from that Sprout to that flower from that child that it's finding themselves and just saying, no putting boundaries to the teenager, kind of finding themselves to you really embodying your fullest potential as an individual, as an individual soul. So that's the maiden stage. It's all about what do I have to offer? What's my color? And that's a stage where we are yeah, full of estrogen and energy and it's very outwardly focused and also very one-pointed. It's like, I am Carolina and I'm going to do this interview. I am Anna and this is my passion and embodiment. This is me. This is what I'm doing. It's like an arrow energy. And then what happens is this flower that's already out there in the world, she begins to be seen by people around her, right? And that begins to call attention and that gives you a role into your society. And that's how the flower will somehow turn into something that is nurturing as a fruit. And so it's all about not who am I finding myself, but okay, I know who I am. What what do you need? You know, where can I serve? And that's the second archetype. That's the mother principle. And it's all about nurturing. It's all about your energy, externally focused in the world, but not in terms of who you are in the world, but how can I serve? I know who I am. How can I serve? And it's all about... Um, giving. It's all about nurturing. It's all about being the eternal fountain where you can always just give and give and give and that's the mother archetype. And she's also about holding because it's this big um, sprout. It's like an inhale. You inhale and you pause at the top and then it's about how much energy do we have available to hold that inhale inside our bodies. So that's the mother capacity. It's not only about okay, I'll just come here and uh, vacation in Costa Rica and do this. Okay, but how long can you stay there? How much can you ground? And the more you're in one place, the more you'll see your roots beginning to sprout out. The more people, the more you'll have a role in your society. And that's the mother principle. And in our cycle, that's when we are ovulating. That's when we're fertile. And so how are we so far? Make sense? Perfect. Yes, absolutely. Super. And then what happens is everything in this first half of the cycle, that is about energies going out and everything in your body is organizing to um, become pregnant and give birth to, to a human life. What happens in our psyche and in our hormones is basically everything's pushed in one direction of expansion. And then the example I like to give is like if you throw something up in the air, there's this moment of holding. And then it kind of drops down, right? So that descent is where we go from the sprout, that would be the mating archetype, the summer, That would be the holding radiant energy of the mother, just outward to the autumn where the leaves begin to fall and everything begins to wind down. And what happens psychically in your mind is basically if everything was built this way and it's like, Oh, I'm giving birth and it just will go that way. What happens here in the sand is everything kind of collapses. And I love to give this example because it kind of gives you the ability to do other different neural connections. See, so everything is aiming in one direction and then it kind of breaks and collapses so that you can, um, create in different ways. So it's a space where you're basically just looking not at the fingers, but the space inside the fingers. You're very connected to intuition. You're very connected to your dreams. You're going inward into your world is the moment to do digestion. So I love like when people are, you know, it's classical in the, in the very classical relationship, like men and women is the, You know, but honey, that was two weeks ago. And you're like, yeah, but two weeks ago, I was the mating. Now I'm the sorceress. (laughs) Now, Now I'm in. Now I'm in my body. Now my attention is going inward. I'm in the descent. All of the attention that was externally put to serve now is inside. And now I can feel that I didn't like what you said, you know, two weeks ago. So I think that's just like a very practical example of how the archetype sometimes manifests in our life. And so that autumn, that descend is the third archetype. And I call her the sorceress. And the sorceress is again, this very mystical particular energy is represented in the myths of the goddess that goes down into the underworld. So she's very connected to intuition and dreams and this world of the subconscious mind. And when she comes to her full realization, because, And we can talk about this maybe in another interview because you can go deeper. And there's three different, um, I call them arcana in every archetype. But when the sorceress becomes full into her power, she already went in. She did all the internal digestion. She realized what was wrong in her life or what she didn't like. And she did all the alchemy and the internal work. And she went through like all of the emotions that you shared you were going through. By the way, thank you for sharing. Um, Then she becomes this, empowered priestess that is the connection between the two worlds, you know, the world that is here and the astral world. She's in her inner world and in the outside world, she can hold ceremonial space for her community as well. So that would be like her evolution. And yeah, I really love talking about this archetype because it's one of the most misunderstood is usually called the premenstrual syndrome stage. So it's when you're, premenstrual. So again, it's not a syndrome. It's basically learning how to understand and integrate this archetype that is about doing your digestion, being in touch with yourself and doing alchemy, which is magic. So that's the sorceress. Mm. And then basically the sorceress, when she's ready, when she becomes this priestess and she holds special um, ceremonial space for herself, she, she can let go. So what happens after digestion is we release, we let go. So when Mm -hmm. she finally knows she can let go, she becomes the wise woman, which is a fourth archetype. And the wise woman is, she's the winter. She's a space of silence. You know, she's quiet and she's not only the space between the fingers, but she's, she dissolves everything. And I love talking about this archetype because it's really the most grounding of them all because it's very colorful to talk about archetypes and images. And of course, there's images and cultural images for this wise woman archetype. But when you embody it, it's really basically about the silence because that's when you connect to source. So it's that beautiful space when you rest. It's that beautiful space when you get your blood and you release. It's that beautiful space when... You can really let go of the ego, basically, because you're in touch with deeper aspects. So it's less colorful, it's more um, sublime, and it's more grounded. And como um, no? it's 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 she's held in her center. So those are the four mm-hmm. archetypes of the feminine cycle. Oh my God, this is amazing! I've explored this topic, but
1: just a tiny little bit. But your explanation just was so on point right now that I feel like I'm going deeper and deeper into understanding it. And it's so amazing what you said that the wise woman is quiet, but the quietness is kind of like not worse or better than the colorful, right? It's like the the quiet mind and the the internal world in this period is actually as valuable as us going out into the world and doing stuff and being more active and being more, yeah, just motivated to, to create, right? Because if we can in, integrate all the things that we've done and all the understandings that we have had through this whole cycle, then as a wise woman, we can come to the center and then we are ready to actually go further and to actually like, um, yeah, to embody the archetype again of creating and of maybe doing something new. So it's so powerful to to know that. So thank you so much for sharing. And I also wanted to ask you just uh, about something that we talked earlier. What would you say, because I had this question in my mind, if someone is going through the grieving process and grief and loss and all these emotions, what would you say is the most important tip from you to help
0: them go through it? Perfect. So coming from my personal experience, not as a coach, but as a human being that feels, um, I would say, know that you're in a process, just be aware that you're going through something uh, and give it time. Just really allow yourself to, to be present in the process. Don't rush it. Don't fight it. Don't try to change it and know that you're not going crazy you're going to feel anger and sadness and release and joy and deep, profound understanding of the cycles of life and death and then anger and then sadness and then joy. And you're going to feel that again in the beginning, maybe once an hour or all at the same time, then you'll be feeling that cycle once a day, then maybe once a week, then maybe a month, then in a year, but just know that it's a process. And so for me, it would be just become aware that you're going through something because then you can hold space for yourself to go through it. Involve people Mm -hmm. in your life, let them know, okay, this is how this may go. You know, I am going to go through a process and just be aware of how, what your typical um, response or reaction is when you're going through things. For example, just, you know, be aware that you may, you know, be, Um, slightly more uh, reactive and you can tell people you love, let me know if this is how I'm becoming so that you can keep your relationships um, healthy. And then also, and this is something that somebody said to me that I love this. That's just in terms of your emotions and relationships in terms of the psyche. Basically, if it is the first time that or maybe any time because every loss can be different, but especially if it's the first time you've lost somebody that's very dear and close to you, the mind doesn't know what to do with it, right? Basically everything is, it's like telling, I love this story when the old fish tells the young fish, oh, the water is nice. And the young fish is like, what water? What are you talking about? You're so immersed in it. You don't know what it is to not have that. And that's life. We're so immersed in it. We don't know what it is to not have it. We don't know what it is, what happens outside of it. And when you have a deep loss, you begin to really, Explore that and try to understand that, and, and, it, and it becomes emotional. So, your mind is really attached to the concept of death, and your psyche is trying to balance all this out. So, the tip that somebody gave to me was a metaphor. So, basically, she said, like everything that anybody will tell you, or that you'll read, or that you think, it becomes kind of like a brick, right? And you put this brick right here, and you put this brick right here. This doesn't really make sense, but I'm gonna put it here, and with this little brick, so begin to, um, construct a tunnel. And once the tunnel is constructed, once your mind has made up its own idea about life and death, then the person kind of just goes through it and your mind will be more settled. And I really love that metaphor because it helped me like really understand that. Yeah. My mind is also kind of trying to make sense out of things. So sometimes you do feel like you're going crazy or you do feel like you understood everything and then you didn't. So you're like, wait, what now I'm confused because I, I thought I understood so I think that's also a very good um, thing to keep in mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's so deep and profound. And I feel like even I can relate to that because although, you know, I haven't lost someone in a way that they died, but it's still a similar grieving process when you go through the breakup, because it's like a part of you is not there anymore. Like you've spent Mm -hmm. life with this person as a part of you for so long, and then it's not there. It's like an emptiness within you. And I feel like it has helped me to uh, feel into what you're saying and to get more into it. And for me, I feel like it's actually about feeling the feelings as we were talking about uh, in the beginning, right? When you sit with them, when you are accepting that, okay, now I'm just going to feel like this and not not resisting them and just allowing them to be there slowly, slowly, they probably should decrease because the more you allow yourself to feel them, the less of these feelings you're going to have stored in your body and the more are going to be released out of your body. So I feel like just accepting where you're at and not resenting yourself for feeling the way you feel and not resisting any part of you that's any inner child of yours and um inner part of you that is traumatized by the experience, because obviously it's a very hard experience to go through. And so thank you so much for sharing it. And um, yeah, to all who listen, who struggle with the grief, um, let us know, because we can both probably help you a lot, having gone through uh, grief and loss. And so how... Uh, do you work with emotions when it comes to embodiment versus feelings? Like what is
0: exactly the method that you use or how do you go about it? Okay, perfect. Um, first of all, just honoring what you just shared. I've, I've always thought that it's, to me, it's just um, almost unfair how much a breakup can actually hurt because it just, it's the same as losing somebody you love. I'm like, this is not fair. Like this is a breakup. It shouldn't hurt that much. And just really honoring that what you're going through, it is a profound experience and it is loss and it is grief. So I just really wanted to share that because, um, yeah, you were so open about it. So thank you, um, in terms of your question. So there's many, 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 many thousand different ways of how you can work with emotions through your body. So basically what I feel that I can offer to you guys here is, I'm very good at creating um, structures or kind of channels. So for me, I created this method called Embody, where we could put all these different, many different tools into a program in a way that is cohesive and coherent for the person. So what I do in the Embody program is basically um, we have a conversation. Then we go through either an experiential or an embodiment practice. Again, there's a thousand different ways. Um, and then we have a closing conversation and then you stay on your own and you journal and you send me what you wrote. And based on what you wrote, I'll create a different experience or movement practice so that you can go through that. So basically it's, I feel like what you want to do is create experiences, um, kind of like a, yeah, like an experience generator space for people to have internal experiences that allow them to learn how to handle emotions, how to handle uh, the mind, how to handle all the different aspects of being a human being. So, and it's through experience and it is through embodiment, because if we just talk about it, we're stuck in our minds. We're just looking at it from above, trying to analyze it. And we're not really living in and understanding it. And you cannot change without passing it through the body. You can know all these things about yourself, know all the things you want to change. But if you don't bring it into your body, then it's, it's just here. It's not manifested change. Mm -hmm. And then the third stage would be bringing it to the body. And then also action in the, in the 3d world. You know, we feel like dealing with our emotions is the same as, you know, solving the external problems. And it's not the same thing. We need to do both because otherwise we're always going to be stuck in the same cycle of why is this happening again? Well, you're either not facing your emotions or you're just facing your emotions and taking no action. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's the container that I'm creating for people. And particularly, I don't know if you want to know like a particular technique that you can use for emotions. Yeah. I would
1: love if you could share some of them. Yeah.
0: Okay. Great. So the most basic thing would be just learning how to feel, right? So just learning that by being present and we can do this right now, just close your eyes. And begin to breathe in and out. And just notice the internal pace. Beginning to slow down your thoughts. Your energy is beginning to be fully present. And bring your attention, which is basically our awareness. It's consciousness. It's all we have. Is directed consciousness. You bring your attention to your physical body. When you're at home, you can do this as well. Begin to feel your skin. The temperature. The clothes around it. The weight of your body in the chair. And tap into your breath and begin to observe... The space between your throat, your chest, your abdomen, your low belly, your pelvis. And just notice everything that's happening in there. And maybe Carolina, you want to share a sensation?
1: So I have mixed sensations. I feel a lot of energy in my sacral chakra below my belly button and Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of Positive feelings there, but I also feel tension in my solar plexus, and I feel like there is some stuck energy, like tense stomach.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you feel like going into them right now?
1: I can go into joy at any time because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I feel like in my belly is just pure joy, and in my stomach, I feel like it's just um, a little bit of stress because I've had a lot of work recently for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I I'm aware of the the that it kinda like if I go in it, it's like my whole body is just tensing up. It's like becoming this tense.
0: Okay. We're energy. gonna release it right now. Okay, so just close your okay. eyes and without attachment to why it comes from and without trying to explain it, go to that feeling and describe this physical sensation.
1: It feels like a knot. Okay. Like something is squeezing. Okay.
0: Perfect. So you home—that's like- what you want to do. You want to tap into descriptions that are very physical. So you go in and you mm-hmm. ask that space. Is, is this a knot? Is this a squeezing? Is this how it feels? And let, let that sensation respond to that description.
1: Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's like a squeeze. It's like a con- contracted feeling.
0: Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Good. And so you ask a contracted feeling, are you a contracted feeling? Or you are you a not? Well, it's actually interesting because when I ask
1: it, it kind of like loosens up. hmm Okay. It is a contracted feeling, but now it's a little lighter the more I focus on it.
0: Okay. So what you want to do is focus on it and just give it space. Without thinking where it comes from, just give it space and allow it to expand. Let it to take over your whole body. Just recognizing that it's energy that is there. And we want to give it space so you can bring it to your whole body. And if that's not enough, just expand it to the room. Just allow it to expand to the house. And just allow that energy to have an outlet. Just let it happen. Let it manifest.
1: I feel like it shakes my body a little bit.
0: Mm -hmm. Let it happen and just allow that sensation to be present. Focus in it. Let whatever needs to happen, happen. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like I often yawn when I release emotions and now I just yawned and some of this energy was just automatically
0: released. Perfect. And just observe this sensation Feels... until it changes. It actually changed already. Okay. What do you feel now?
1: It's way lighter now. It's like, it doesn't feel that, it doesn't feel like a knot anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a little bit of tingling.
0: Okay. So, tingling, is that tingling? Yeah, it's like a
1: resonating, pulsing energy.
0: Okay, and just say observe the resonating, pulsing energy, just observe it until it changes.
1: Okay, it's gone now.
0: Okay, what do you feel now? Anywhere in your body?
1: I actually feel way lighter. (laughs) I feel quite good. Nice super. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful because a few minutes of focus in your body can Mm -hmm. completely change how you feel. And I actually really enjoyed being on the other end of it because what I do with my clients is also based on emotional work. So I get people to feel into their body, feel how they're feeling, spread it all over their body. And then from this state, we are coming back to the first time that people have ever experienced this feeling. Mm -hmm. And we are going through the childhood uh, experience where they can release all the feelings from childhood so that then it doesn't affect their life right now. But it's just been so amazing to be on the other (laughs) side that when someone is guiding me to feel the feelings and when I feel the shifts uh, in my body. And yeah, for me, it's pretty interesting because anytime I release emotions, I yawn because I also use this uh, method called Psych K. It's like no, mostly a belief change method, but you also can work with uh, emotions. And every time I use it, I just yawn things out, and so it's like my method of uh, when things are coming out, I'm just yawning. So, guys, it's not that I'm bored uh, that you know by by this process. I'm just like yawning my emotions out, which is quite funny. But if you think about it, the throat chakra. Uh, stores emotions as well that are unexpressed and uh yawning opens your throat chakra. So it makes complete sense why uh, people do that. Or some people even burp when they do uh, these methods with me or anything else, you know, and uh, the, the throat needs to expand, it needs to open up. So just uh, wanted to let you know, guys, that I'm absolutely in it and I'm super enjoying <laughs> it. Thank you so much, Anna, for bringing me through this process and for everyone who listened I hope that you also have, have gone through your process of being with the feelings, of realizing where it is located, of realizing how it feels, what are the sensations, because I feel like sometimes we are so fast in assessing like, okay, this is sadness, and we don't actually go into it, but like, okay, I feel sad. And then we're just kind of like, yeah, as you said, we receive it with the mind, but we actually don't feel it. We don't actually go into how is the sensation in our body. Like what, what is it? Where, you know, Mm -hmm. how and what we can do about it. And the only thing we need to do about it really is being present with it and Mm -hmm. not resisting it, and allowing it to be there. Cause this allowance is what will heal us. Right. And especially Mm -hmm. if we have someone else holding space for us, like you held space for me, it's way easier for some people to go into the, Depth of the feeling with someone when someone is just uh, you know guiding them through it. So thank you so much. It was a, a beautiful experience for me, and I just love talking about this stuff as well because I I feel like it's so crucial for us to reconnect with our feelings and to for this to be okay for us to feel like shit, you know? Because I think this is the, something that is not very mm, taught at school or anywhere really in our society that. Feelings are okay. Feelings are there to be felt, right? And we are here as humans to be feeling all the range of our emotions and I can tell from my experience, I was not a feeler a few years ago, not at all. But then I learned all these methods of of healing and I knew that I need to go deeper and deeper into my emotions if I want to make changes in my life. So thank you so much for this exercise and bringing it up. And do you have any other method or a thing that you'd like to share that was the most yeah. effective for you or for your clients? So yeah, we
0: love to share that. What we just did now, basically, it's... One of the hardest things about working with embodiment is noticing and really being honest with yourself when you're in your body and when you're back into the thinking and back into the mind, and it's just all about slowing it down and bringing it down into the body over and over. So I would, this is just a basic practice to learn how to tap into emotions, and as you said, then you can observe which 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 emotions are not shifting, what energy is not working, and as you said, take it and observe it and just ask when was the last time I felt like that? When was the first time I felt like that? And just going all the way back to the root of that emotion, that sensation, that belief, whatever happened, that made you become that way. And that made you, um, just act from that space in the world when something similar shows up. No, but, um, You at home, you guys, if you want to try this exercise, it's just be very mindful that you're always in your body and the body lives in the present. So you always want to be like, okay, what does it feel like? Well, it feels kind of like that's, that's okay. So back into the body, try to be as concise and present as possible. And asking the sensation is really helpful because it makes you go into it. So for example, I would go, Mm -hmm. okay, right now I'm feeling a heaviness in my eyebrows. Okay. Is that heaviness? It is heaviness. And then you let it transform and you give it space as long as it takes, as you said, you allow it to happen. And then if it shifts, okay, what am I feeling? You don't even try to, okay, so the, this melts into my heart. You're just in the present. Oh, it changes. What am I feeling now? It changed. What am I feeling now? It changed. And everything that happened before, you kind of just scratch out and you're fully present. And if you can do that for 45 minutes, then that's the first step for learning how to feel. And then you can go deeper into feeling different ranges of emotions. You can go deeper into learning how to intensify the color or take it down a notch because some of us have to learn how to feel more. Some of us don't really know what we're feeling because in childhood we were pushed with people emotions. We learn how to be sensitive to their emotions and not to ours because maybe we had to take care of our caregivers. So some people actually need to tune up how much they feel. Some people need to tune it down, you know, so all of these techniques how do i learn to handle myself as a human these are all the things that yeah that i like to share because basically we are having this opportunity to be here on the planet feel you know enjoy live go through everything and also create and also give back and also do something that is for the collective that is for the earth that is for something greater that is for this cosmic family Um, including animals, plants, just everything that's alive on earth right here, right now. And if if I'm stuck in a pattern, then I'm not going to be able to manifest what I came here to do. So yeah, for me, it's actually four steps that for me are very important. And this is, um the inner guidance system and I call it the inner compass. So it's another program on its own. So first it's all about listening and learning how to listen to your body. So this for example, is one of those practices also learning how to detach from the sensations and attach and detach and just being the observer, then describe it, then feeling it, becoming it and going back Um, meditation. These are all tools for really learning how to listen, where do you want to listen from what's attention, you know, all these things. So first you want to listen and just be really open. The second thing you want to do is what you share it. Also, you want to validate that experience. You want to say, okay, it is okay for whatever part of me to feel this. I cannot change what I feel. It's not irrational. It's not, it doesn't have, what I mean by irrational is it, it has a reason to feel the way it mm-hmm. feels that internal part of you. It makes sense hmm So it's about really mm-hmm. understanding and talking. And that's when parts work comes in. You talk to the internal aspects of yourself. Why do you feel the way you feel? Just show me your story. Show me your narrative. What did you learn? What did you experience? And then it's about optimizing it and really transforming the narrative. And after you do that, it's all about, I call it the third step is trusting, because then you have to create an internal environment of, str- of trust. Because it's not just mm-hmm. about, okay, this is how I've been all my life. Now I'm going to be different. So what happens with this part of you're you're neglecting it again, you're disowning it again, you're pushing it back into the shadow, and it will surface again. So for true Mm -hmm. internal alchemy, it's about this part, the actual part, willingly understanding that it needs to operate in a different way. And maybe it will dissolve, but maybe we'll stay there. For I work with a lot of people with, I don't know, I'm a control freak. I want to control everything. So you go back. You feel, how does control feel in your body? Let's talk to that part. Let's validate her story. Let's alchemize it. Let's do embodiment exercises that allow you to feel a different way. And then let's give that controlling part of you a different role in your life. What is it good Mm -hmm. at? Well, I'm really good at, you know, labeling things and just, I can use this for work purposes or I can use it not to control, you know, my partner, my kids, myself, my wild self, you know, my cycle, my nature, but I can use it to, you know, be more effective in more productive tasks, for example. So that's the final stage is how do I create an internal environment where I trust myself? Because I just, if I just take mm-hmm. this part of myself that is controlling and I'm just like, we're not going to be like that anymore. That's not honoring all of me. And that's just going to keep it bringing up again and again. I have to learn how to listen to it. So I learned to trust myself. And this part will know, okay, the whole system has me on board too. Now I can do what I am here to do. Now I can serve the whole entire personality structure. No, So I think those four steps are actually a really nice key to just kind of keep in mind as a frame when you're working with re really your story and your narrative and just alchemizing internal aspects.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. I freaking love what you just said because I do parts work as well, mm-hmm. but I do it in a way where you sit on one chair and channel one part of you and sit on the other chair and you channel the other part. And, this is so on point what you said about this aspect is going to come back because if you don't actually take it on board and you don't meet the needs of one aspect of you, it's mm-hmm. always going to come and even more unhealthy because like, if someone needs control, for example, one part of you felt like it's only safe when I'm in control, right, in your childhood. Mm-hmm. So it's still the need to be in control. And if you don't give this need the space to be met, right, then it's going to come in unhealthy ways and it's going to be like uh, OCD or any other thing or maybe uh, yeah, anger or whatever else. It's going to come in a way that it's not very good for you because it's going to be like, hey, come on, I'm knocking here to your door and I still have this need and you don't listen to me. So I'm going to just come and, you know, do like a freaking disaster in your place right now because you don't even listen. So yeah, this listening to these parts and not disowning them, not rejecting them. As, as you said, like creating this this, trust, this integration, as I call it, because sometimes I call it parts integration where you find the third solution. Because sometimes when you have conflict, it's like, but one part wants this, one part wants this, but really what they want is for you to be good. So, and they just have different ideas about what it means, but they ultimately want you to be happy, right? Well, they want us to be happy because they are parts of us. So if, if you can find this middle solution, this integration point, this balance, where you can, uh, you know, meet the need of controlling part, also the part that wants to just relax and go with the flow and take it easy and you can find the common ground, then it's just perfect and you feel so aligned and you don't feel like there's internal resistance and conflict in you all the time. So thank you so much for sharing this because it's so crucial for people to know also that they have even different aspects of themselves because sometimes they don't even have this idea, this, that, You know, there could be a part of it that is a four-year-old. There could be a part of it that is a 70-year-old. And these parts are going to have different uh, needs, right? And we also have our internalized parents. So these aspects of us also will have different needs and different desires. So it's so important that you brought it up because I feel like a lot of people don't know that we have some... Parts of us, you know, and sometimes they can be so extreme. They can have completely different ideas. So uh, it's good to to know that, that we are actually like, I think, Teal Swan. So the the lady that I learned from uh, the completion process and parts work, she says it's kind of like Siamese twins inside of your body. Mm. It's like they are connected. They are completely different. They can have completely different ideas, mindset, beliefs and everything. So, yeah, mm. just consider our self as like a set of personality, set of aspects, not as actually only one person, right? Because uh, it's just not true. Our consciousness splits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and Thank I you love so much
0: that. for sharing. It. Of course. And I love that we are in a similar um, frequency talking about this. I love Swang as well for people listening. If they can also listen to her, she's a very good source of information in terms of parts work and fragmentation. And I also love that you brought it up because it's really, very important for all of us to just relax into the idea that, you know, it's okay. We are internally fragmented. That doesn't mean that you're crazy or ill or that your mind is whatever. That's how we are. That's who, that's how humanity works. That's what consciousness does. It splits and it will split outside of your eyes into two different people. And it will split inside of you as to different aspects. No. So I'm very happy to, to hear that we're in the same symphony and thank you so much for complimenting what I was saying about also meeting the needs of each part. I think that's, that's the alchemy actually, when you get to meet the needs of the part. And then, um, in addition to that is just creating, yeah, that new, I actually like to write it down and be okay. Like what's, how are you going to relate internally? Like, let's have a pact. And then outside of that, the other thing that is very important, as we were talking before is action is really taking it into action. Because one of the things I see that happens in general with people that are doing parts work or embodiment, or just working with the female cycle or whatever, is that once you go in and you look at the resistance and you work through the resistance and you look into the shadows, then you know, and once you know, you cannot know, no, you know what you need to change mm-hmm. what's not working. And if after, you know, you don't make the according action, then you're going to be having this conflict between your internal life and your external life. And that's a very uncomfortable position to be in. You're either going to be lying to yourself or in constant inner conflict. So it's do those steps embody the different aspects of yourself and then take action, according action to that internal part. So I think that, Yeah. uh-huh.
1: <laughs> that's so on point. That's so on point with taking action because I feel like there are a lot of feelers out there who are just like, oh, I'm just going to feel everything and manifest everything through feeling. But that's not all. This is just one aspect of our whole experience. And we need to take action if we want the universe to manifest uh, whatever we are aiming for, right? Exactly. So it's so it's so crucial to remember that. So thank you for sharing. And I also have a question when it comes to working with emotions because sometimes what I found with my clients it's actually when you feel the feeling, it's actually not, um, sometimes I'm not able to guide them through all of it because sometimes it's like layers of an onion that need to be peeled off that they are not able to drop into the full experience straight away. So did you find also with your clients and people you work with or even yourself that sometimes you cannot move through all this, let's say, stuck energy where where you feel it in your body at once that you need to kind of take it in stages and go deeper and deeper every time? There's
0: layers and that's that's the premise. You go in just to be there and listen to it and be with it. You don't go in there to change it. So that's the mindset is I'm just here having a human experience. It doesn't have to feel good all the time. So today I'm just going to sit with what is. I'm going to sit with what's in my body, again, the container of the experience. And so I just sit with it. And some days, yes, with yourself or with clients, you will go all the way deep into the root. Some days you won't. And it really doesn't really depend on, you know, how good you are at embodying and feeling yourself. It's really about the process itself. So for me, it's about really just giving the time and just really allowing the process to be what it is. And one tool, and this is why uh, embodiment and movement is so nurturing for this type of um, work Cause we've talked about the female cycle. We talk about what we do with parts work and tapping into emotions with the body. That for me, I call that experience. And it's about, you know, just giving, um, somatic, um, practices where you can feel. But then where does embodiment and movement come in is, well, basically it's a whole new river of possibilities where you can alchemize through movement, through dance through different movement systems, through different tensions in your body, through moving in a different way, through, you know, swinging your arm or doing the same movement over and over again for 30 minutes. Whatever you do with your body will teach your psyche, will teach your emotions different ways of being present, different ways of being you. So a lot of times when we're not really alchemizing and transforming, a lot of times when we do this somatic practices, when we go in and try to find the shadow and do this work, we can get stuck again in our minds. We can get stuck again. So what the body does and what movement brings is the possibility to just shake it all up again. Because basically, it's like, I like to think about it as a glass full of, you know, water, but here at the bottom, we have all these things that are stuck. And if I move the glass like this, certain things will come up. If I move the glass like this, certain things will come up. If I stretch certain things will come up. If you know, I have a massage certain things will come up. If I move in water, it'll be different. If I play with fires, whatever. No, if I'm boxing and somebody's, you know, I'll feel something that maybe I never felt before. So giving yourself permission to go through different embodied experiences will really allow you to also kind of move the internal system around from a very practical way. So like that's the other half of the embody program. The first half is we nurture from all the somatic tools, parts work. And the other part of it is just embodiment movement, um, qualities of movement and just working with the elements of nature and, and all of these ways that you can be present in your body will really alchemize the ways that you can be present in your life and the actions that you can take.
1: Amazing. I freaking love this program. I, I would uh, love to participate <laughs> at some point in my life. It sounds great. So mm-hmm. just uh, if you could quickly share to all the listeners, how could people find you and your program? Do you have a
0: website or is it through Instagram only? It's mostly Instagram. I'm building the website right now, but my Instagram is Anna Embodiment, just like that. And then I have some videos there that explain a little bit more of what I do and what's the vision. And I also like to share just a bunch of information and, you know, just practices that you can do at home. And I'll be posting pretty soon more about the program itself and the website of the program itself is being built. So it's going to be there on the link tree or just just through Instagram. Perfect.
1: Perfect. I'm excited to check it out. Awesome. I'm going to be awaiting this. And and also I have uh, one more little question. When you work with emotions and you get your clients to feel the feeling. Did you find that it shifts anything, for example, in comparison to if someone just goes into the feeling and releases the feeling and that's it versus when someone goes into the feeling and come, comes back to the first time to the childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and then releases the feeling. Did you find that it's different level of depth to this emotion and maybe the more effective, um, you know way of doing it if the person goes back to the first cuz mm-hmm. i see it as we have like a some you know flower or not very not very nice flower let's say a dark uh, very ugly flower <laughs> with the with the roots inside. And then when you go to the childhood, you actually take out the roots. So the flower cannot grow anymore, right? Because you already got rid of the roots. Mm -hmm. But also I found that with myself, sometimes it's just enough that I feel the feeling very, very deeply. And I just feel it to the fullest depth. And I don't even need to go to childhood. It's just out of my body. So did you find
0: any like differences when it comes to these experiences? Say, well, uh, in my own personal practice and with clients, yeah, for sure, like when you take it back to the root of it, to the childhood root of it, to the first time you felt like that, that's when alchemy can really happen all the way because we have trauma chains, right? So basically it's not just a me responding, it's me responding, but because I've been or well, reacting, because I've been reacting in the same way over and over, and that's, there's a seat in there. So I find that the thing about going all the way back to the childhood is being careful with not re-traumatizing because the system may not be ready to relive the childhood experience at that moment. Um, I also mm-hmm. think about, you know, trusting the internal system. It won't take you there to the traumatic experience. If you're not ready, if you're there, if you went all the way to the root of it, you're basically ready. No, That's what I like to believe, or that's what I've also experienced within myself and others. But, um, when you take it all the way back to the beginning, you are taking the trauma chain all the way from the roots, um, so I do mm-hmm. believe it's the the alchemy that happens there is more powerful. And then it's okay, how? Because basically, this is whole this whole tree is a coping mechanism, right? So how do I take this coping mechanism and give it a new service in my life, which is again similar to parts? Mm-hmm. Of, you know how am mm-hmm. like, I going to now function in a different way? And that's a process that you have to learn. But if you take it all the way back from the root, it's like okay, I'm learning from. Without the burden. And that's when the body is also really, really um, powerful because when you take it all the way back to the root, a lot of times you'll begin to shake. A lot of times things will begin to happen. During that process of going all the way back to the root, you can also be incorporating movement systems that allow you to release that energy that's stuck because all those trauma chains are basically in your body. So when you allow your body to clear out the container again of the experience, to clear out all the stuck energy, then you basically do have like this clean sheet where you can draw on and you have to start. Um, it's not working on a new way of being because if you really transmute the root, the new way of being will just sprout and the new way of being will Mm -hmm. just be something that comes from within. So, like, once you mm-hmm. take out all of those repressions about you shouldn't move like that, be like that, you remove all the shouldn'ts. And then the internal artist, for example, will just show up in the world in a natural way. But it's like giving it space right away and just really observing the resistances mm-hmm. to it. And then once you're in there, for example, let's say, okay, the artist is shining again, is beginning to shine and have this resistances. Okay, then I can just work with those resistances. In a way that is quicker. I can't just be like, oh, this is just a resistance because it's what I'm used to doing. So it depends on the depth of what you're, of of the wound. If the wound is a wound Mm -hmm. that's been infected there for years, then you do have to go all the way back and really try to solve it. it. And it doesn't have to be like going back to the memory. It can be just following the body into it. It can be breath work. It can be parts work. It can be anything, but you do have to solve it from the root. But when it's a scar that you mm-hmm. keep scratching over and over, then you don't want to take it all the way back to the root. And there's ways to difference when you are stuck in the loop of, for example, okay, I already healed it, but you know, um, I'm resisting it. So the wound may be open again. So I go back in and I scratch it. So that's what I call loop therapy. When we're just already, we kind of just have to let go of, of the wound itself. We have to let go of the idea that that aspect of the inner child needs to be healed. But for me, Mm -hmm. there's plus, yeah, you want to go there. You're going to go there slowly. You're going to go there at the pace of the person and the internal system will let you know. And then once you healed Mm -hmm. it or once that part came to completion or once that part had its needs met, then you can begin to evolve into a new way of being. And then you'll, you'll start meeting resistances and those resistances are just kind of like ghost thoughts, you know, it is just, um, Mm -hmm it's just the coping mechanism acting again. And you just have to have, it's like a child. You have that conversation. You're like, Oh, remember we talked about this. Oh, right. That's it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally vibe with what you just said, because when I work with my clients, unless we go actually to the childhood trauma, and this is what completion process is, Mm -hmm. uh, Teal Swan's method because I'm a completion process certified practitioner. And we learned in Costa Rica actually, uh, from (laughs) Teal and, Every time actually in completion process, if you can, you are trying to get back to the root because as you said, it's like the deeper layer of this feeling because sometimes even people are not feeling the feeling as much. But when once they remember the memory, they're like, oh, my God, this is just completely so, so deep. And then they are. Having this massive release. And then, as you said, we are meeting the needs. We are reprogramming how this experience was coded in <laughs> our subconscious mind. And then you can be a different person, right? In life, you can show up, as you said, as a completely, yeah, with different beliefs, with a different identification, because this, these experiences are not affecting, not giving you the filter on your reality of these emotions or these beliefs that you're created. So yeah, thank you uh, for sharing that because it's actually what I found as well. But I was just curious if you have the same experience that uh, of course, sometimes if I just can feel the feeling that of something that happens right now, and I just want to release it as we th- just did in the body now, then it's different to when I actually want to heal a big wound, then it's, it's probably the best to go as deep as you freaking possibly can. So you go to childhood and you relive, relive the shit.
0: And know <laughs> that once I you thought. do that, I love what you just said because that's, yeah, that's my similar experience. And also what we were talking about before, know that if you're doing that, if you're going in, if you're doing the completion process in this case or whatever uh, technique that you're using to just go all the way into the root and just extracting that out and becoming this new being, know that, life changes need to be made. Just be aware that that's a possibility. So that, that's kind of like the measurement for me. When I see somebody is is ready to take the steps, then it's okay, let's go all the way in. And if they're kind of like, mm, then you just take it slower. And I mean, they will take it slower. It's, it's their pace, no? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I think we are uh, we need to end uh, soon, but I'm super grateful that you came on the podcast because I just loved this conversation and there was so. Is, there are still so many things that I would love to talk about, uh, but maybe we can do it next time. <laughs> but thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Anna, for sharing your wisdom and your beautiful energy with us. I hope to have you on the podcast maybe one day again. And uh, for now, I just wish you all the best and. I I really encourage all the people who listen to go and check out Anna embodiment on Instagram and look forward to this program because it sounds freaking amazing. <laughs> so thank you so much. Beautiful sister.
0: Thank you Meja, for connecting. With all beautiful work in the world that you're doing. Thank you. Good to know you're a completion practice uh, practitioner because it's, it's also very amazing. So who knows, maybe we'll work together in the future. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You. For everything. Thank you so much. Enthusiasm and connecting us all again and yeah. Muchas
1: gracias, beautiful people for being with us today. I Freaking love this conversation. I was so excited to talk to someone who does similar work to me. And I wanted to mention that if you struggle to feel the feelings, or if you feel like you need help in embodying these different aspects, you can find Anna on Instagram and you can also find me uh, on Instagram. I am the connection catalyst or Instagram, or you can go to www.connectionheightencatalyst.com. So if you feel like you need some facilitation Uh, contact us because we can surely help you. So thanks again for being with us and uh, hope to see you or have you listen rather next time.